Hello and welcome back to another episode of Back to the Berg presented by Jagoff Sports. Before I introduce my guests, I'd like to inform you, the listeners, that the scope of the show is expanding. From now on, along with interviewing Western PA's finest athletes, I'll also be getting to know the stories of some of Western PA's finest media members. That said, I think you can tell my guests today aren't athletes. My guests today hail from Maneka and Beaver, Pennsylvania, respectively and are the hosts of what some may call the People's Pittsburgh Podcast. They've done countless interviews with Pittsburgh sports stars such as Michael McHenry, Brian Rust, Mika Fitzpatrick, and so many more. They just recently signed their first big ad deal and joined the Crowworthy Podcasting Network. And hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, they'll be crowned the city's best drag kings. I mean <laughs> podcast. Please welcome Smitty, Zach Smith, and Tyler Beefy Weeks from the Round the 412. What's up, guys? <laughs> what up? Thank you for that great intro. It was yeah. great. It was great until uh, right at the end there. But uh, you know, it's pretty crazy was... that we are nominated for best drag king. That, I'll tell you what. The fact that that nomination was hilarious. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I feel kind of bad about it. Like, because there's there's definitely yeah. people that are like taking that seriously, hoping to win. And the fact that we are like one of the five finalists. I think there's only five um I, I feel kind of bad about it like if we somehow were to win i i would ask that you know could we actually just uh you know give that to whoever came in second or yeah i'm gonna wow. be honest i think Such we a have a better soul we have a better <laughs> shot at winning that than we do at best, best podcast just because everybody that i know has voted for that and oh, i mean no. yeah, like you said we're, we're, we're one of five yeah Damn. the percentage is definitely higher but yeah it's just become like a a running joke with our our friends and our, our twitter community so yeah well, it's definitely something we've had fun with. <laughs> so let's get down into it. Uh, as you guys know, I assume, uh, we start out talking about your guys' uh, childhood and, like, your upbringing. So, Tyler, we actually went to school together. Um, <laughs> we were actually We're actually pretty good friends. And I'm, I mean, I'm friends with Smitty, too, but, like, I met him when I was in college, basically. Yeah, I've known you since you were, like, I don't even know, 12 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So – What's your background in sports? Like, obviously, I know that you played baseball, football. I played football with you. Like, yeah. what, what's your background? So, I mean, like you said, I played football for a middle school and high school. I played baseball. A lot of people don't know I played soccer for 12 I years. I forgot about that. I, yeah, I played <laughs> soccer. For, if, you, if you look at me in real life, you would think I'm lying. But, <laughs> so, whenever you're younger, they have weight for football. And I was always above the weight limit. And so instead of that, because they, I would have to play with people that are like two to three years older than me. And my mom was like, that's not happening. So I played soccer and I ended up playing that for a long time. Um, and then I also threw on the track team as well. Yeah. And Zach, what about you? Like, what was your sport background in high school? So I pretty much, uh, I stopped playing all sports when I was like a freshman in high school. Uh, as you guys know, and all my close friends know, I have very bad knees. Um, yeah. And that's been the case since right around that point. That's when uh, they got real bad. And I went to the doctors. They're like, yeah, you have something that we call Osgood Slaughter's disease uh, in both your knees, which is like the bones in my legs are like too big for my body. So it just causes a bunch of tension in my knees and ankles. So it just got to the point where physically, like, I couldn't play sports. So I stopped playing. I did play football. I did play basketball. I played baseball for a little bit as well. Um, I actually did play soccer as well when I was younger, not as long as, as, as Beefy did. But I played, uh, yeah, center soccer uh, for a long time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, playing sports go, that's, you know, kind of where my love for all of all sports developed. Um, I knew I wanted to do like something with sports and, 
you know, obviously I was never going to be able to play them at, at a, a high level. Um, my original plan was to get into some type of like sports marketing or something like that. Although I quickly realized college wasn't for me either. Um, you know, and, and then we kind of wanted to just like uh, carve our own path. And, you know, that's kind of where the, uh, the Around the 4 and 2 podcast came from. If you don't mind, how did you come to that realization that college wasn't for you? Because that's a lot of people just realize, like, I can't do it, like, for whatever so, reason. What was your reason? Great, great student in high school. Uh, it came easy to me, though, you know, and, and that, that's that way for a lot of people. Like, anybody that I feel like it comes easy to them in high school, but they're very good at, like, they, they tend to not be that great in college because they don't have that work ethic that, that they have to study. And I never, like, I never had that. So even, like, my first semester and or, yeah, my first year – um and a half really of college it's i just went to ccbc at first um was fine um and then i got kind of more into like where my classes were either online or hybrid and like i am just i'm a procrastinator which I, yeah. i'm sure you hear a lot of people say that i know a lot of people that are and you can't you can't do that and get by um even at a place like ccbc which i know people like make a joke out of um but try as somebody that like was able to you know just kind of stroll through high school without any issues um, I, I couldn't do it at CCBC. Um, you know, I got to the point where I was like, f like pretty much failing out of classes. I just wasn't going. I would literally go to CCBC and just hang out in the cafe there yeah. and like just watch Netflix while my friends were in class. So I just had no motivation there. Um, again, realized college wasn't for me, but like sports, I had to do something with sports and I knew that. Yeah. So since we're on the topic of college, Tyler, let's talk about your college career. You actually, you traveled a little far away from good old yeah. Pittsburgh, PA. Where'd you go? I did. So my first year, I went there for a year. I went to BYU, Idaho, which I know this is going to sound weird. And everybody's so confused when I say it. BYU, Idaho is not a branch campus of BYU. It is, How's that possible? <laughs> so it's its, it's its own separate university. It just okay. has this. It just has the BYU title because it's owned by the church, like BYU is. Bring it, bring them young or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So, yeah. and they own BYU. There's BYU Idaho, which is the one I went to. So BYU BYU I. Yeah, BYU right. Yeah. So why don't you just call and then the, <laughs> and then there's well p people do that's on shirts and stuff. Um, and then there's BYU Hawaii. Uh, okay. And then there's LDS Business College that's in Salt Lake City. But yeah, I went to Idaho for a year. I I love my friends there. I, I had a lot of friends. One of my friends I'm actually uh, visiting in December. I'm flying out to Idaho. Um, he's having a kid. So I'm going to visit him and his wife and their new kid. Um, but yeah, so I, I was there for a year. I didn't really like the school there. And I didn't really know what major to do. I just went into exercise physiology thinking like, eh, maybe I can like, get like a medicine degree, something like that we realized i don't like science um so, so so that was nixed really quick then i came home and i went to ccbc for a little bit and tried uh accounting degree and wasn't sure i wanted to do that so i, I like i don't want to waste money by just like not knowing what i want to do so i stopped for a little bit and then i went to pittsburgh technical college for only one semester but because I went into IT just figuring, let's try it, figure it out. I didn't really like it that much. And I, I was just of the mindset, I'm not going to waste money by uh, not wanting to do this for a long time and not loving it. So I just stopped. But I'm actually going to be starting to go to school again soon in the next month or so. Ooh, why? <laughs> uh, to get a degree. I'm going for a business degree. Okay. that's uh, Hey, that's fair. Yeah. 
Because I was going to say, like, you guys, like, both of you, since you didn't really finish school, it just shows that you're able to find some sort of career or something that you can make into a career without even going to school. I feel like that's what a lot of people don't realize these days. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of the people are taught, and I think it's a lot of the fault is what's taught in high school is, like, they don't make it seem like there's more options besides college. It's like, which college are you going to? Or, and it's if you don't want to do anything else, that's the problem. Like if yeah. you want to do a trade or military or it, just finding a job right out of high school, there's a lot of options, but it's kind of, I feel like high school forces you to think that you can only go to college and that's the only thing that's good for you. Yeah. Zach, any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I 100% agree. I think, like, it's weird, like, the transition that we've seen because, like, our grandparents, stuff like that, you know, they wouldn't go to college either. It was like, you know, they would work immediately, go into the mills and make a ton of money doing that. We, like, our generation didn't have the opportunity that really hasn't been a thing. But, like, just finding these new opportunities and, like you said, like, finding ways to still make living without going to college, like, there's other avenues. So, yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, so let's circle back. Um Tyler, you were talking about, you went to school for what kind of science? Was it medical science? Is that what you said? It was like, the actual degree was exercise physiology, but it was like dealing with like sports medicine stuff. Yeah. So let's, let's get into that because I remember in uh, high school, middle school, you actually worked with someone who we met, I've mentioned on this podcast before, uh, Mr. Burke, you were a manager for the football team. Let's get into that. So what was that like? That was a lot of fun. So that started because as you know, my family is close to the Neely family. Yes. Uh, I grew up going to the same church and stuff. So we were going to football games when I was younger. I was probably 10 years old. And I saw Stevie Neely, um, who is the oldest son, as a football manager for the team. And I was like, I want to do that too. And so the Neelys actually talked to Burke and got me into it. So from fifth grade up until I was on the team, I was a manager for the high school football team. And it was pretty awesome. It was being around the older kids. I, I mean, I felt cool being on the field and stuff and yeah. <laughs> uh, being involved in the games. Like when you're a little kid, you think that's all. Because, I mean, honestly, when you're like 10 years old, the, even the high school kids feel like professional athletes to you. Yeah. But yeah, sure. it, is that, is it was that awesome. You, is that how you were able to find like a love for sports too? It's just by doing that? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that grew love for football. Uh, my, my love for sports was grown in many different ways, and it just the sport. Uh, for football, I, I'm sure that helped it a lot because, like you said, like I said, I never played football growing up. I was never able to I, until I was in eighth grade. That was my first year. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved being a manager, just being around the team, and I had a lot of friends as managers as well, like Zach Yates manager with me too, and we, <laughs> we were just a bunch of goofballs. Oh, big rig. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like you mentioned Mr. Burke, and he was an awesome dude. I mean, I feel like a lot of people either hated or loved Mr. Burke, and I loved him. Yeah, I'd say I was in between, which is hard to say. It's very few people that are in between. Yeah. But I could see where he could be an asshole, and I could see where he was, he cared so much about that school, and he put all that time and work into it. He was the first one in, last one out all the time, no matter what. So it's cool to have Take that perspective. Take the best ankles in the state. Oh, yeah. I forget who I was talking to, but they were like – I think it was – it might have been our friend Cody Plain, whenever he went to the uh, Penn, Ohio game, all-star mm-hmm. game. Somebody taped his ankles, and he was like, no, this, it's not the same. It's Mr. Burke. <laughs> so, Zach – did you have any similar experience where you got to get close to like your high school football team and another aspect since you didn't play? 
Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Not really. Um, you know, I, I would say the only thing was even like at a very young age, um, when I played like in midgets, uh, just like being, we, we would all still be in like the, the student section, even though we were like that young, like we would still just go into the student section, even at that yeah. age. And we would like wear our jerseys because we would play the next day on that exact same field, being at Manaka. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with the Manaka field and stuff, but, um, but yeah, like, and then we would, we got to go down on the sidelines a couple times. And, you know, my best friend growing up, his brother was like one of the high school stars on the team. So, I mean, playing football, I had already had a love of football, to be honest, before I even like started playing it. Like, and I, yeah. it's funny because I tell this story all the time that like I originally wasn't even a Steeler fan. Like, I don't know what it was, but I would actually like. Whoa, whoa, be, whoa. That's some tea right there. What I the know. fuck? No. Yeah. So I, I've told this, <laughs> I've told this story a couple times, but I actually used to like root for whoever they were playing and it was literally just like to make my dad <laughs> you were one of those assholes yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny because like that's why i say like ben roethlisberger has always been my quarterback because before that like those were the years where that was a thing like yeah. i don't know why it was just i would always root for whoever they were playing just to upset my dad see that's that's <laughs> what i would do when we went to like high school basketball games so i'm not a basketball fan and my like my brother would be playing in like I'm a kid with my dad and I don't want to be there. I'd be like, oh, go Chartier's Valley. Go whoever's playing Beaver just to tell my dad, like, I don't want to freaking be here. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of your brother, him and I became good friends when I was a manager. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and he was on the team. And then we were on the team together for one year. But, yeah, him and I were good friends. Yeah, man, he's the best holder uh, Beaver PA's ever seen. For sure. <laughs> He wouldn't have slipped on the two-yard line against Hal Equipo, I'll tell you that. Hey, do we want to get into that real quick? Oh, for sure. Okay. Not many people know, but Beaver had a very strong chance at going to the Whippeal final that year. And there was a controversy for quarterback. There was the star, Christian Herstein, who he was a star. He was a big guy, could sling the ball, but he was young. And then you had the small, not very strong could make a decision like nobody else, could throw the ball like nobody else. That was my brother, P.J. Coleman. <laughs> yeah. So, P.J. ended up being the, the holder, and then there's that game. You want to you get into that game? I want to hear you tell so, that story. So, the whole thing of the game is uh, we're, we're playing against Alquipa, and anybody around here knows that that's a big deal in football. If you beat Alquipa, that that's a really big deal. So, we – end up going into overtime miraculously we score we score pretty late in the game and we convert a two-point conversion to tie it we get into overtime and they go first they score on their second down play so and then they miss the extra point i don't know why they didn't go for two they tried to kick it they completely missed it um, and that's the thing aliquippa never goes never yeah, goes for one exactly for two. <laughs> exactly and so as soon as that happened we're like if we score we win because yeah. we had Nathan Mick as a kicker. I don't, I'm pretty sure he never missed in high school. Uh, it was like automatic. So I don't remember what first down was. I think it was just like a normal run play. We gained like two yards. Second down. Second down kills me just as much as the fourth down play does. Because if you watch the huddle tape, I, of I know it, exactly what you're saying. He throws it to Trent. Trent catches it. He gets hit and goes to the ground, lets the ball loose. But on the other side of the end zone, Bubba Bradley is waving his hands wide like this, open. wide open. <laughs> like, if he looks over there, he catches it, we win the game. But 
Trent dropped the ball. It is what it is. Third down, I think we run another running play. We get to like the two or three yard line. So it is fourth down. So we have, this is our last chance to score. We run a play. Christian's roll to his right. And somehow he slips on the two yard line. And that's it. The game's over instantly. And I'm like, dude, you're like 6'4". Lean forward, you get the touchdown. But he just like slipped and fell backwards. And the and reason this is such a controversy is because he was out for, what, two or three games? Yeah. And my brother had taken over and literally skyrocketed to the top of like, – he was the best, best quarterback in the division or whatever, the double A mm. at that time for that three-game span. So it's like, why not play the hot hand? That's why I think people were frustrated. So continue. Yeah, and then literally I cannot tell you the disappointment that we had watching him fall because we, we were like, that's it. Like, in our hearts, we're like, that, that, that was so gut-wrenching because across the field, you just see Alcopa freak out like they won the state championship game. It, it, was, wow. it was so disappointing. I mean, I, and I, I never beat Alcopa, and I was close. I would say I was close two out of three years. I mean, the, the, I next, never close. the next year we were winning at halftime. Yeah. So, and then we blew that. Christian threw four picks, by the way. No shade, though. <laughs> uh, this was a regular season game? Yeah. Regular season, was but it, like – Was it at the pit? No, it was at the second. Beaver. No, that was at Beaver. The second year when we were leading at halftime, it was at the pit. Okay. The that, second, I mean, so that's the, a big factor. So, the second year we were at the pit, we were winning 10 to 6 at halftime. We come back out and we, we score a safety – which I'll never forgive Taco for this. So Jeremy Teams, Jeremy Teams is going to jump on the ball, and we would score a touchdown instead. But Taco jumps on top of Teams, and the ball just starts like the wobble the other way. And Alcova's quarterback at the time grabbed it. It wasn't Malik yet. Malik was only quarterback for one year, I think. But uh, he grabbed it. We got a safety, and we were up twelve to six, and then. I'm pretty sure going into the fourth quarter, we were still up 12 to six, but then they scored twice because in the fourth quarter alone, we threw four interceptions and we just couldn't close it out. It, that, that, that was so disappointing. Back-to-back years, that, that type of loss, yeah, to Alec it was yeah. terrible. Now it's, it's all fun to talk about our glory days, but Smitty actually went to school with two athletes that went to the NFL. Do you yeah. want to get into that real quick? Dude, I mean, like watching them play at the high school level, we all so know. Let's, let's preface who they are. Oh, Robert dude. Foster and um, – Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead. Those yeah. two, obviously, in the NFL doing well. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, I should. <laughs> you're right. We needed to preface with their names. But those guys, uh, <laughs> unbelievable players. Um, and we knew that immediately. Like at the high school level, we could tell that they were going to play at the next level and probably at the level beyond that in the NFL. Um, just they get the ball in their hands and they were taken the distance. It seemed like every single time they touched the ball. I mean, we got national recognition because of them. They brought so much spotlight to Central Valley. Central Valley brought spotlight to them because, uh, you know, going to Monaco with, with the Rob Robert Foster, he was nowhere near the player that he was at Central Valley. And I don't think that he would have had the success uh, had he stayed at, you know, had we stayed Monaco. So he needed Central Valley just like Central Valley needed him. Um, and as far as, you know, Whitehead goes, I really like the fact that he, you know, chose to stay home and go to Pitt, had a great career there. 
Um, now he's with the Buccaneers playing on the same team as Tom Brady in Gronk. So, yeah, two unbelievable high school athletes. Uh, college careers, Whitehead had a, had a, very, uh, had a very nice college career. Uh, D-Rob's college career was kind of, you know, derailed by injury. Uh, the year that he looked like he was going to be, like, the number one or two option for them. Yeah. Had a really nice game to start the season uh, towards rotator cuff in that same game. In that so kind I, of- sorry, I want to know what you think. A lot of people, I know myself and my circle at the time, we were like, oh, why would he go to Alabama? Why wouldn't he stay home at Pitt like everybody expected him to? What were your thoughts on that? Like having gone to school with him, knowing, kind of knowing how he played and kind of who he was. So it's interesting because I remember we had like this big thing, like it, it, he, he had like an announcement in our auditorium where he was picking yeah. the team. Um, and his mom wanted Pitt. And his dad kind of wanted him to, to get away from the area. So they were kind of like split there. And I can't imagine, you know, being hit in his shoes, having to make that decision, let alone knowing that your parents are split on which one you should make. Yeah, um, yeah. And Ohio State was in the, his final three as well. Um, and they were all like, it's kind of crazy to see like the behind the scenes part of that. Um, you know, I wouldn't consider it, me and him like very good friends, but we were friends. And I, I knew that it was like, some of the some of the weird things that were going on, like teams were saying that, you know, he could bring like one of his uh, very good friends who was on the coaching staff. They would give him a position on their coaching staff oh, wow. school and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, you know, when he chose Alabama, I would say that there was like a, a, a pause before people like started applauding. Really? Yeah, it, because I, I think it was just kind of unexpected. Um, yeah. I, I expected him to pick Pitt. And I think people thought the runner-up was going to be Ohio State. I, I think yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I would Alabama expect Ohio State as well. The third option of the three, um, you know, but hats off to him because, like, I was going to get into with you know his success or, or kind of lack thereof at the college level. You go to a place like Alabama, there's you know ten people like Robert Foster at Alabama. You know, how do you exactly. separate yourself from that competition? And it looked like he was going to, and then as I mentioned, toward that rotator cuff uh, in the opener, but. Yeah, I mean, still, the, the fact that he was even able to get a shot in the NFL after not having much of a college career, that just goes to speak to the pure athlete that he was. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's get back to you guys as individuals. and I'm going to start with Smitty. You seem like the very like – you're very philanthropic. And <laughs> – Thank you. I, <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, it's funny, but you are, like – you have you guys obviously do rocking around the four one two. You do that every you've done that every year since you've had the podcast. It's a great thing. But let's talk about um, something that we've all been involved in, uh, the horse nickel softball tournament. What does like what is that experience like? Knowing that it's we we do it almost every year. Obviously, we couldn't do it this year, but we do it almost every year in honor of one of our friends' uh, fathers who had tragically passed from cancer. Like what 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 from that. Oh, I'm a little drunk. What from that? <laughs> like, is that how you became philanthropic by like wanting to do around the 412 and donate to all these charities? Or like, just let's talk about that's, that. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I don't know. I mean, maybe like subconsciously it could be um, because that it kind of was like the first like real charity thing that I've been involved with. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, our, our friend Ross, his, his dad passed away um, back in 2012. And yeah, I mean, I just kind of, obviously, like I'm going to be involved with that. That's my best friend. His dad was like yeah. my second dad uh, and everything like that. But um, hmm, 
that's that it's that very well could be i guess um i definitely you know because this is like our thing as opposed to i just kind of like had a had a hand in that would help out when i could um especially now because i've kind of taken a step back from the foundation um, but it still yeah. means a lot to me. I mean, you know, the uh, the, the uh, actual tournament itself is probably the extent of uh, my uh, playing sports career at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like all the fundraisers and stuff, they mean, you know, a lot to us uh, to be a part of. Before we started like Rock Around the 412, I would always say that like the Horse Nickel Foundation was the best thing that we were involved in. And not to take away anything from it now, but like now that we're so hands-on with, with a charity of our own, um, that's kind of like our baby. But yeah, I mean, the Horse Nickel Foundation, it, it's a great foundation. There's still great people involved with it. Uh, we still have our involvement with it, and we promote the hell out of it. And, you know, it's very uh, – it's, it's yeah, 2020, as bad as it's been, that was one of the things that it also took away from us. Um, but I, I definitely think that it's going to come back strong in 2021, and we look forward to, to being part of it then as well. Um, as far as, like, the other ph philanthropic – that was a great word, by the way uh, – stuff you. that we do. I didn't know that was in your, in your vocabulary. Yeah, hey, I went to college. <laughs> I know words. Yeah, yeah, you're the only, you're the only <laughs> college graduate, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I just got my diploma in the mail the other day, too, so I got That's the good. proof. <laughs> we were talking about, like, me not having, like, a passion in college and stuff. Like, I, I quickly realized my two passions were people and sports. And, you know, how can I bring those two things together? And I, I think that I've found that, you know, through through around the 412. Um, perfect. Our, our community, of course, you know, we love all the people that are involved with us and everything like that. But, you know, people that we can impact that may not even know who we are right now. Um, last year, like with the second year of Rock Around the 412, kind of got away from what the mission was from year one and got more like hands-on, like people that we actually got to see how it would impact their lives and their Christmases. And I mean, I, I like, it, it's emotional for me to talk about, you know, what we did last year. And I think that like this year could be even more so. I mean, I, I keep talking about it and I keep hyping it up. And I really do believe that like our year three is going to surpass year one and year two. And this is definitely the year that people need it more now than ever because there's a lot of people that weren't expecting to be in a bad financial situation yeah, absolutely. Uh, just because of the, what 2020 has done to a lot of people's uh, financial circumstances. That's going to be the case. There's going to be families who were well set, they thought, and all of a sudden, yeah, they, they're sitting there needing help at Christmas time. Now, obviously you guys are philanthropic podcasters. <laughs> Let's talk about some philanthropic radio hosts that all three of us grew up with. It's Mikey and Big Bob with um, 96.1 Kiss. Have you guys found some sort of, like, you look up to them, like, oh, wow, like, they, they're the ones that got you wanting to do podcasting, maybe, just because no. they were so impactful in our youth? Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I've never even thought about them when it comes to our podcast, but I always was big fans of them as people and of their show. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've been doing their show for, like, 16 years now, which is crazy uh but if if we are if we were able to be something like them then i think we're doing something right because they do like stuff a bus and uh they do a lot of th different charitable things and i mean they're just two of the great people and you, you listen to them talk on their show and uh you can just tell that they really care about people um yeah. and i mean even their presence on twitter and social media but uh, yeah I've, I've honestly never really thought about them when it comes to our show I'm, uh, maybe that's like something subconscious, but uh, I don't know about Smitty. But yeah, I think that everybody, and no matter what they do, has influences that they both try to emulate and don't try to just happen to by chance because they love their work that much, regardless of what it is. Listening to them, reading them, watching them, whatever it might be. And in Mike and Big Bob's case, yeah, they definitely 
would be somebody that I would say I don't think that like we try to emulate, but we definitely, at least from a philanthropic uh, standpoint, I think do. Um, I mean, you look at those guys, they're funny, but they can be serious. They legitimately care about Pittsburgh um, with, with everything that they do. I feel like they could have by now moved on to a much bigger opportunity if they wanted to, but continue to just stay here um, because of their love and their passion for this place. Um, and, and I think the most important thing that separates them from other types of, you know, it's not necessarily the same type of media, but uh, they're genuine, you know, and I don't think yeah. that you get that all the time. I think that there's a lot of people that play a character um, in their profession. Um, Sorry. <laughs> in their profession. And um, I, I think that that's what separates those guys and why people, uh, especially in Pittsburgh, appreciate what those two do so much, whether it be just, you know, listening to their radio show, like I used to go into school every morning or, you know, watching what they do uh, for the community through stuff like Stuff of Us. Yeah. So they are your philanthropic, you know, inspiration. Who's your podcasting radio inspiration? Like what made you guys want to do around the 412? All right. So if we really want to get down to how it started, it literally yeah, came, story. It literally came story. from a tweet. Um, I tweeted that I wanted to do a hockey show because I, because we had our friends at the time, like North Shore nine was doing baseball and we're like, well, I want to talk about sports as well. And then at the time I was just thinking hockey we didn't, I wasn't really thinking everything. So I was like, I want to do a, a hockey podcast. And then it ended up like Smitty replied, Herb replied. And uh, we ended up just like kind of starting it from there. And uh, that we decided we wanted to do all the sports and the Twitter account. I, I tweeted that on July, or June 29th, 2017. I, I, would, I looked it up just in case you asked how we started. <laughs> Um, but June 29th, 2017, we made the Twitter account on July 2nd of 2017. And our first episode was, uh, August 28th of that year. Awesome. Yeah. I think too, like if you're asking about like an influence or, or something like that, as far as we, why we started podcasting, I would say it's almost kind of like a reverse influence, um, seeing the negativity that you see from like the sports media in Pittsburgh and the perception that we have of those people, we wanted to be exactly the opposite. Um, and, you know, like, like uh, Tyler mentioned, you know, we have some friends that are in, you know, podcasting, talk about different topics. Um, with me, I definitely didn't want to just do hockey. Um, I wanted to be able to talk about all of them. I don't know if, if a lot of people know this or if I've mentioned it before. Before we, I started podcasting, I actually like started, like did a little bit of fantasy football writing. And I was actually like, when I started to listen to podcasts, kind of like, oh, that'd be cool to do what about fantasy football. And obviously like that didn't happen until Donnie and I recently branched off and started a fantasy football show also under the around the floor on two name, but yeah, just, I would say that it was almost more so an influence of what we didn't want to be. You know, we kind of wanted to change the way that people listen to it and the content that people had to listen to. You don't have to listen to the radio. You don't have to listen to these guys that are, you know, again, playing characters possibly while on the air. Um, it, we're just, we're genuine guys. We are fans of the team. And I think that that shows, you know, there's definitely bias there and we don't run from that. Um, but at the same time, we, we, we're telling you our opinions on things. And, you know, whether it goes for or against, we're honest. Yeah, and I mean, as a fan of the show, like, I, I'm so thankful that you guys started the show because, like, back then I was living in western Pennsylvania and I was listening to 93.7 The Fan. And it's like, one of them's not even from Pittsburgh. So, like, what does he know? Like, he can do all the research he wants, but he doesn't know how the people feel. 
like they don't know from a ground level what a Pittsburgh sports fan is talking about or what they want to hear or who they're concerned about. These guys are just analysts doing analyst things. I think what made your podcast so popular amongst people is that you're fans that want to get information to the fans. Yeah. And I mean, that's, again, we don't run from the fact that we are fans. We, we market it that way that we are fans and, you know, kind of just want to show people, Hey, you can be fans of teams and still have the opportunities to talk to these guys. Um, I'll, I'll bring up, you know, a circumstance that we just ran into recently when we interviewed Minka Fitzpatrick, I literally decided to wear my Minka Fitzpatrick jersey while we had him on. I got called out for that. I don't care. I want it to be known that I'm a fan of the team and things like that are still possible. You know, there's a lot of people that because they're fans of the team think, oh, you know, if I ever, ever want to have the opportunity to get in the sports media, talk to these guys, I got to wear a polo or I got to wear a suit and tie to be able to make the, those opportunities happen. I just want to kind of show and we want to kind of show that that's not the case. You know, we have a platform to do that and we're just going to keep going with it and not run from the fact that we are sports fans first and foremost, just trying to bring you guys a different avenue to get your sports content. Yeah, we're the furthest thing from traditional sports media where you're supposed to be unbiased in your opinions. And, and we give just our flat-out opinions. We're fans of the team. And you know you, you've made it a little bit or you got a little clout when you have haters too. Because, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Smitty got that with the jersey thing. And then we've even got people, like, saying that we're not even from the 412. Like, Smitty and I, we're from 724. So, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, it's a Pittsburgh sports podcast, so it doesn't matter where we live. Like, uh, I can, I can live across is, the this, country. This and show is be called Back the to the Berg, and I live in New Jersey. Like, yeah, exactly. Fuck? Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, it'd be like someone calling you out for that. It's like, you don't even live here. It's like, does, does it matter? Yeah. Content so, I mean, the, 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 title, the title is because of the content, not, not where, yeah, we're, exactly. where we're living. So. Exactly. So let's get into the dog days of the podcast. Um, I've been on one of the early podcasts couple. when it was just, yeah, I've been on a couple, but intro song just... sucked. <laughs> <laughs> we had you pick the intro song. I don't even remember what it was. I, it was a country song. That's all I know. Oh, I think it was, was hit, hit it hard by uh, John Daly. <laughs> maybe I just remember it was country, and I and listen, I have no problem with country, but. It, well, it was a golf. It was a pro golfer who was retired singing country music. It wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember the song. It was like, what the hell am I listening to? But let, <laughs> let's get into the dog days. Obviously, like Herb, Herb was originally one of the three of you guys, um, and you did it in his bedroom. <laughs> it, it was a fun setup. I, I, it was a relaxed setup. But let's talk about that. Like, how did that? De- how did your setup develop? How did the show develop just by doing it in that? small bedroom because you're three big guys and it's fun to think about (laughs) yeah uh so it actually we would go between there and then uh the concession stand at the scott township park i remember that i remember Uh, yeah those were like our two uh studios if you will (laughs) uh and it started out and we only had one yeti mic at the time and we would just put it in the middle of the table and just start talking and again i think that kind of goes back to it was such a relaxed setup because we kind of we had no clue what to expect we didn't know that anybody we didn't know what we were doing. Listen. Let's be honest. Yeah, we didn't know that anybody was going to listen. We didn't care. We just wanted to talk about yeah. sports and see what would come from it. And that's yeah. what we did. And yeah, we live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it kind of, I guess, I think that we still have stayed true to everything that we started uh, with. 
Um, it, it's progressed a little bit, obviously, from like an audio standpoint. Um, from you know, we obviously know more about what we're doing. Um, but but the fun that of it, you know, it hasn't gone anywhere. I I look back at those and it's still. I mean, it puts a smile on my face thinking about you know the start of it and the first few episodes and just like the growth. Sometimes I just want to hide. Since then, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, we we throw the word cringy around. Uh, oh, we're talking about them, but it's cringy, still. But it's, it's I mean, fun to go back and listen. It, it's part of it's part of our story to how we got here. Um, so I, I I look back on those days uh, fondly. Um, but I just, I still can, I, I look back at everything that we've done fondly, you know, cause it, it's all led up to why that we're here. Um, yeah. but yeah, the dog days of the podcast where we were just bringing on, yeah, our friends just to talk yeah. about sports with us. Um, yeah, what, one of my, one of my favorite memories was from that concession stand whenever Smitty locked us in. Oh yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> because we had a, we had a door. We were, we went up in the second level of the concession stand and there was a doorway that had a door on it that didn't have a handle on it, but it could lock. Okay. And, and so we would record in there, but leave the door open. And Smitty the one time just shut the door. And, <laughs> and we were like, we don't know how to get out. Like 90 degrees. It, 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 yeah. Oh, it was, it, we're like sweating balls. And uh, we tried to use a knife to unlock the door. That didn't work. Uh, we had to end up having Herb's mom come get us out. But <laughs> We were just like stuck up there. We were like looking out, like, can we like jump out of here? I don't, I don't know how this is gonna work. But we were literally trapped up in up in the concession stand, and that, that's one of my favorite memories is whenever that door was locked. Oh my goodness! Well, speaking of like having your friends on and everything, I feel like at first it was like, yeah, just if you want to come talk about sports, come talk about sports. But then obviously you guys started to gain a following, and then you started doing the live shows at the. Uh, horse nickel wing bash what were those experiences like i know you, you got some wild cards coming through there funnest, How did funnest you guys episodes handle that? we've ever done what's that yeah you said they're the funnest episodes we've ever done and i, yeah. and I stand by that I, I think that it's just it's a different element those are the perfect opportunities to have like our friends just come on and talk um Absolutely. you know like christian coming on and just talking about the military like literally had nothing to do with what we were talking about like just coming on and, and bsing and i think that that's the perfect like surrounding to do that um th those episodes would go way longer they'd be like two plus hours um and it, but it was just so fun and it was a good cause obviously that we were there for um those opportunities don't always come up you know it's like a once or twice a year thing so when they do we definitely like wanted to take advantage of it it was cool that we had people that would want to come on and, and talk to us about whatever it might be we would go into those things without because i typically you know like when we would do a show i'll have like my notes on my phone as far as like the agenda and topics we talk about Never did that for one of those shows once. Yep. We, just, we were just, hey, what do you want to talk about? All right, let's talk about it. And that's, that's awesome. how those shows went. And they were the funnest shows we've done. I agree. I mean, like we, we had, we had Christian, we talked about the army. I remember the one time we had, uh, who was it? I think it was Rita came on and he was so drunk and he was just yelling about not trading Chris Letang. No, that was Skaz. Uh, oh, was it Skaz? Oh, it was Skaz. It was one that. of the two. I was there and for then we he even remember being on. We even had Mitch on <laughs> and Mitch, Mitch talked about gaming and streaming too. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Those, those, those are awesome. Yeah, before we move on to another subject, I just want to say, like, you guys kind of inspired me to want to do podcasting more because, obviously, I was the one out of the three of us that I, like we said before, I went to school. I was basically going to school for this kind of stuff. And then I saw that my friends that weren't going to school for it did it. So I was like, I got to get – on this shit <laughs> so i like i started ck radio didn't last long 
but I just want to say like you guys inspired me to be like, okay, anybody can do this. Now I just got to do it. So I just wanted to say that real quick. Thank but you. I mean, that, that honestly, I mean, that that's, you're probably the first person that said that to us at least. Um, there's a couple of people that, you know, they'll always like compliment what we do and stuff like that. But I don't know if we've ever been like an influence in somebody wanting to start something. And I'm sure that you yeah. would have, like you said, you were going to school kind of for this anyway, you would have started it at some point, but like seeing somebody actually doing it again, you know, like we saw North Shore nine having a podcast. We went to one of their like live shows before we started ours. And yeah. yet, I mean, it is like, once you see it actually all coming together, that's, that's what makes you want to do it. Uh, you have the idea in your head of what you want to do and then seeing it actually like brought to life. And especially like if it's people that you know, I'm sure that that even provides more of an influence to do it. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for saying that. Yeah, no problem. Cause I mean, like in college I was doing, I was doing college radio and like college radio is college radio. Like people are going to screw up. People are going to say the wrong thing, whatever. But I was like, you know, I feel like there's more. And then I saw you guys doing your thing and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I have to do. So just wanted to say that real quick. Dude, what but was now, college radio like? Because, college radio? Because I, cause I could not imagine, like we do podcasting. So obviously, I mean, we're live on YouTube, but it doesn't feel the same as if I'm like on a radio station and I'm, yeah. I'm live talking and people can are listening like that. Like every, I just imagine even though we're live on YouTube, everything's still recorded. So it's like, if I mess up, it doesn't matter. Radio yeah. is like a whole different avenue in my head. Yeah. So I was like, how is that? <laughs> so college radio was, it was interesting because obviously I went to a really small college. So we didn't have a lot of people in my program and like, it was hard to get people to do stuff, you know, just, so I would like with radio, obviously you have music, right? Mm -hmm. So I would be the host of my show and I would be the DJ, which like at a regular radio bangers? station. I played what I could. <laughs> Let's just say that because we didn't have the rights to anything good. <laughs> okay. But it was usually like we would intro the the show with like, uh, uh, what's the song? It's like I'm All Right by uh, Kenny Loggins from Caddyshack. I'd always intro the show <laughs> with that, and uh, I'd play a lot of Kenny Loggins, Billy Joel, whatever I whatever I liked that I could find on there. That's what I would play. But yeah, like it was a lot of like I was doing everything. And whoever came on, like, I would thank them every time. It's like, like I said, I go to a small college. Not a lot of people want to do stuff there. And I was like, hey, can you please come on my radio show? Like, I need someone to talk to. <laughs> so that was always fun. And it was really just like, I, I remember there's a clip. It was Michael Jordan had said something at a UNC basketball game about the UNC football team. Whenever he said the ceiling is the roof. Mm -hmm. and like yeah. i made i made a clip about like i had to do a clip for the class and like it had to be from my radio show i just remember listening back to it and i was like i sound like an idiot like michael jordan sounded like an idiot i sound even more like an idiot talking about it <laughs> so that's really what i took away from college radio is that you don't, you don't know who's listening yeah. but it's a learning experience and you can do whatever you can like whatever you want on there except for like curse or whatever but that's what I learned from college radio is that it's literally just the learning experience. Um, and then I also had another experience where it was one of my friend's shows that he did, but it was literally like, it was basically like the pod from PMI. Mm -hmm. It was just, we packed as many people as we could in the radio room 
and whoever wanted to talk, we'd pass the mic to them. Be like, "Yo, you want to talk? You want to talk?" Like, the professor hated it. <laughs> he was like, "This isn't radio. You can't do this." Blah blah blah. Suspended one of our people because he kept doing like sound effects because we didn't have a soundboard. All we could do is play music. Couldn't play like soundboard shit. So he was doing all the soundboard stuff for us. But like that's that's college radio. Like you literally are just experimenting. So were you by yourself most of the time? No, actually. Um, no. I had a good friend, Kyle Wales, who would do the show with me the majority of the time. Okay. Also, uh, my co-host for my old podcast, CK Radio, uh, Drake Berlin. He would come on every once in a while. Um, but I did do one show by myself. And I mean, that's the one thing about college radio that is like better than podcasting, I think. It, it, uh, if you think about it, it's not, it doesn't really matter. But... <laughs> with college radio is if I couldn't think of anything to say, I'd be like, all right, we'll be back after this break. <laughs> and like, that's all mm-hmm. it was. Like, I didn't have to think of anything. It's like, whatever was off the top of my head, I'd be like, okay, let's talk about this. If it was 30 seconds, it was 30 seconds. I'd be like, all right, here's Kenny Loggins. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. I mean, I was just curious. Cause I know like people will do solo podcasts and dude. they'll dude, they'll talk by themselves for like over 30 minutes. I'm like, I cannot talk by myself so for that long without thing- sounding like an idiot. So here's the thing about a solo podcast. I just started listening to one that one of my coworkers told me about that he does. It's a solo podcast, but I noticed, like I was, I was listening to it. This guy edits. So like he edits everything. It's like very edited. So it's like, he'll, he'll go on for like two or three sentences. Then you can tell there's an edit. Like if you're really good at hearing, like you can tell there's an edit. So like this dude's just like, he's looking through notes, talking about whatever it is. And he's like, okay, I need to regather my thoughts. Let's edit that out. Let's keep going. Huh. Hmm. So that's that's why I said it doesn't really matter because like podcasting, you you have editing, but with radio, you just roll a break. Yeah, I'm just happy I have Smitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of editing podcasts and doing all your content, who is behind all your content? Because I know you you guys brought somebody on to do videos. And then I think Sarge, our friend Sarge, might be involved a little bit. Let's yeah. get into that. Uh, tell us some details. So, yeah, we have a, uh, a couple people that help us um, as our platform has grown. Uh, Kelly Geist does the videos, I think, that you're talking about yeah. as far as, like, what we put straight to Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Sarge, yeah, he's, uh, he's our YouTube editor. He finally took kind of out of his bio, so it just says YouTube editor. At <laughs> around the pool too. Um, which, no, he, he's, he's really good with. Um, yeah. He's good at getting them back to me quick to, to make sure that we upload. Um, and then we have a couple people that help us do t-shirt designs as well for, for the merchandise that we put out. And they're really good. Max Barron, Nick Gregoric. Um, But yeah. And then other than that, you know, we just, uh, we have the two of us uh, right now going. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we do as much as we can, uh, but those guys definitely uh, make our, our lives easier as well. Yeah. So now since you, you've grown the brand, um you guys have gotten bigger obviously let's talk about what what went into signing with crowworthy mm. obviously you guys were with podhub who was it was started by a friend of ours uh i believe it was started by denardo right denardo and a couple other those guys in florida okay. yeah uh tong Geddes, uh brian herman yeah all those guys so what went into moving from podhub to crowworthy what what was that transition like it was a tough one uh, because you, you just mentioned that, you know, this, uh, the, the network that we were with, we're, we're really good friends with. And, and I mean, still are. 
Um, you know, this, this doesn't have, you know, any impact on our personal relationships with those guys, just from a professional standpoint where we saw the podcast going, um, it felt like the right time to make a switch. Um, you know, I, I, the opportunity for us was just too good to pass up. Um, the detailed plan that they have uh, in place with us and what they want to do with us. Um, you guys, everybody that, that follows us saw the new logo and, and header and, you know, everything that they're willing, the, the resources that they're willing to put into us uh, is very humbling and flattering. And we're, we're excited about the partnership um, just due to that, because up front, you know, they've been so uh, genuine and generous with what they're willing to, to give us and what they're willing to do for us. And, Again, I, I'm excited about the partnership. Nothing, nothing against PodHub and those guys. I think that they're they're going to be successful in their own right, um, and, and I think that they're going to continue to do great things, both as you know the individual podcasts that are over there, and as a network. I would love nothing more for them to blow up um, as well. But yeah, very excited about uh, getting together with Crowworthy. BV thoughts? I mean, uh, it's pretty much the same thing Smitty said. Uh, it was not an easy decision, but. Uh, I think it was the right one, and we're excited about it. Uh, just freeze. Do we lose him? <laughs> <laughs> we're excited about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I mean, it was definitely a tough decision. I think I was definitely the more cautious one out of the two of us at first. But uh, it was, it's exciting because we're working with some great guys uh, they've been very genuine with us, like Smitty said, and they really showed that they valued us. Like they really wanted us, um, which oh, is, they did? yeah. Okay. Which is, which is actually really something nice to see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're really excited. As you saw, we got a new logo already and it looks great. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for the merch here. guys. I'm waiting for the <laughs> merch. It'll be coming. But, uh, no, as Tyler said, um, you know, they could have walked away. We, we actually, uh, to, to take everybody a little behind the scenes. I don't think they'd mind us saying this. We actually didn't sign the first offer that they made us. Um, you know, not to say that it wasn't, you know, a, a good offer or genuine or generous on their part. Um, just wasn't what we were looking for. Um, and we, we came, they came back and actually gave us another offer, which we ended up signing um, to show that, you know, they, they could have walked away again, as I said, um, after that first offer. And just said, hey, we'll find somebody else because they only do have, you know, one show in the area. Like it's wherever they're putting, wherever they're marketing at, they have one show for that area. So it's literally yeah. just us as their Pittsburgh market. And, you know, they were committed to it being us. And, and that goes a long way for, for us and building a relationship with those guys to know that they were so hell bent on having us be the ones that represented Pittsburgh. Wow. It's got to be an awesome feeling, guys. Definitely is. Yeah. Pretty sick. <laughs> so let's talk about the other big big news you got your first big ad deal manscaped was looking you mean for a Keek's podcast barbershop or oh no no listen i got a, <laughs> i got an issue with keeks he wouldn't cut my hair last time i was in rochester really yeah no there's there's more details it's my fault but anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway you guys got that big deal with manscaped so I, I think everybody saw Manscaped was looking for someone to sponsor on Twitter. How, how did that come about that it ended up being you that got sponsored? Uh, I think about 20 people tagged us <laughs> in that tweet. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Manscaped put up a thing. It was like, add a podcast we should sponsor. Um, yeah. We actually had a couple people tag us before we saw it. And then when we saw it, we quoted it. And we're like, hey, <laughs> everybody go tag us. 
Um, a couple of days ago, I, we got an email to the, uh, the around the 412 email account and uh, it was from one of their people and they said, hey, um, you know, we would be interested in, in partnering up with you guys. Football season's right around the corner. We know how passionate the Steelers fan base is and you guys look like a, a good opportunity for us. And I think this would be a good opportunity for you. Um, let's get some information from you. And the interesting thing is they actually, they don't partner up with anybody that gets like less than a certain amount of downloads, right? And we're not yeah. even at what they were looking for really? in terms of that. But they, they dug a little deeper, saw the type of stuff that we've done, you know, our, our resume, if you will, and they, they wanted to take a chance. So, you know, it's kind of just like a trial period right now uh, where we're going to see how it goes. But, yeah, we're super excited about it. Obviously, that's a, a pretty well-known company. Uh, yeah. We're going to be getting all the, uh, the stuff that they have on their website for free. Uh, and be using it firsthand so we can tell everybody about our experiences with it. Um, so, yes, yeah, stay on the lookout for that, but we're super excited about it. Hey, I already used my 412 promo code, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, cool. There you go, a little money in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Beefy, what's your thought on it? Dude, I was stoked because Smitty just – sometimes if, if, if we get, like, a guest or uh, some, like, big name will email us back, or, t or DM us back or however it goes. He'll just like send a screenshot of it. And he just sent a screenshot of the email. And it was just like, oh, well, like, because we didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, we, there was like thousands of people responding to their stuff. And we happen to be one of the ones that was picked. And it's pretty awesome to see. I'm, I'm really excited to like get the stuff and start promoting it. And hopefully we have a future or further partnership down the road, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, funny because, like, their logo is literally just, like, bam. Like, on the email, it's all caps, and they put it at the top and bottom of the email. It's just, like, right in your face. <laughs> That's wild. Now, you mentioned Smitty always um, screenshots people who want, want to come on the show. Let's get into that. How did you – first off, let's talk about the beginnings of you guys getting people on the show because – I feel like a lot of people may not have gone back and listened to those. You guys were getting Pirates prospects on the show, and that's how that all started. Let's mm -hmm. talk about those guys that, from the very beginning. So, uh, yeah, August of uh, 2017, as Tyler mentioned, that's when the podcast started. Um, I think it was around June of 2018. Not to say that we didn't love what we were doing or, or things weren't going well. Um, I just felt like, hey, I think that there's the opportunity here to do a little bit more. Um, yeah. So I was like, let me just, let me see on, uh, you know, what Pittsburgh athletes have open DMs and, and we'll see if we can make something happen, whether it be just getting them merchandise, hell, if they want to come on the show, even better. But it, it really didn't start out that way. It was just literally trying to create some connections with guys. Um, so I started reaching out to people first, you know, within, I don't know, maybe two hours, I hear back from uh, the Pirates, what would have been at the time, their most recent first round pick, Shane Boss. Um, yeah. and he was I actually like, pulled his card from a pack the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, definitely be down to uh, come on. And I, I took a look at your guys's uh, merchandise too, if you wouldn't mind sending me one of those shirts. And I was like, Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So like wow, uh, trust the buck and process shirt that we have. There's about 30 guys now in the minors or so that have those. Um, it, it's become kind of like a motto for them, if you will, down there. And, and Shane, you know, he really um, got the ball rolling for us because, you know, once you have one of those guys on and, and promoting your stuff, he put up a picture wearing the shirt and stuff. Um, it kind of just gives you the credibility, like, yeah, this is legit. Like other guys, you know, were willing to do it. Um, so I'd say that we kind of got our foot in the door with, as you mentioned, like the minor league guys with the pirates 
and the way that it's expanded now, like I would have never saw it coming, but like I'm constantly, constantly on the lookout, you know, for whatever it might be information for these guys, agents, um, you know, emails, again, DMS, so social media is such a great thing. Now I know oh, a lot yeah, of people absolutely. complain about social media and I, I know that it has, you know, it's, it's dark spots um, and, and it can be terrible. Um, but if you use it the right way, it, it's a beautiful thing because you know, some of these connections that we've made now, they don't happen without, without the use of social media. Um, we, we've created some very good friends through this as well. Uh, Jared Oliva, the Pirates, who's, you know, just one step away from the majors really at this point. Uh, him and his Altoona roommate, Bly Madris, um, we went down there for a game last year. They treated us to Permanis after a game. You know, it's just the connections that we've been able to make with these guys, I think goes a lot further um, than, than the podcast itself. And that's really what we were trying to do. You didn't mention who I thought you'd mention. Jeff? Yes. Yeah, I mean, of course, Jeff. Oh, by the way, just the Pirates are playing right now. He just struck out a guy in the inning. So shout there out. There we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, no, Jeff, honestly, because, too, I, I should mention Jeff, because you mentioned the philanthropic stuff that we do. I mean, he, he's right. He's right there with that, with both the, uh, the foundation um, as well as the, the Rock Around the 412. I mean, last year for the foundation – he got all those guys to, to sign a bunch of stuff at spring training and send it up. Uh, he lost his mom to cancer. Yeah. So it's kind of something that's like, you know, right there, it hits home for him. Uh, and he wanted to do it. I really didn't even have to ask him about it. He asked me what the foundation was about, you know, to, to show you the type of person that Jeff is. Yeah. He looked into um, it himself, I, I didn't have to bring yeah. it up to him. He, he was like, Hey, I, I noticed you have like this horse nickel foundation thing in your bio. What's that about? And I, I told him, um, and he was, and he was like, Hey, you know, I, I think I could probably get a, a couple of the guys down here, uh, to, to, you know, sign some stuff that they wouldn't be using. I know everybody gets rid of their hats. Uh, so definitely the hats, but we had some, you know, like six pairs of cleats from guys, um, some bats, um, uh, you know, it, it was awesome to see. Um, and, and that's why I'll like, it, it's funny that we're, we're on here, you know, talking about the pirates, especially, but like, I always have a, a soft spot for at least the guys in the organization, um, for being willing to do that. So, um, again, you know, it starts with Jeff though, being willing to do it. And then he was very charitable, um, with rock around the four one two, uh, yeah. last year. And he's already, you know, reached out to me about this year as well. So shout that's out awesome. to Jeff. Yeah. Moral of the story is shoot your shot when it comes to trying to get people on your show because you never know who's going to respond or when they'll respond. Um, and you're not going to know until you try because literally all we did was slide into people's DMS for, uh, I would say two years. That's pretty much the only way that we got, we got guests until we started emailing people if they had emails. Yeah. Um, but I mean like for, for example, Darius Kasparitis, I just DM'd him on Instagram and, and then I was fishing and two days later after I DM'd him, I was fishing and I just, it popped up on my phone. I had a DM from Darius Capitaritis. I'm like, what the heck? Like he actually responded. So yeah, I mean, just shoot your shot. Cause you never know like who will say yes. And see, that's, that's another thing. Like I talked about how I was inspired by you guys. It wasn't you guys specifically. I was inspired by, it was the words by one of your guests that I was inspired by. And that was uh Brian McFadden. Cause you guys talked about how you're in, like, it's COVID quarantine. Like, what are you going to do like with content? And he mentioned like, we're all sitting around trying to figure out content. So why not just reach out? So that, that really inspired this show specifically was whenever he said that it's like, everybody's trying to do something. You just got to reach out. So. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't get, don't get me wrong. 2020 has been a terrible year. Yeah. Um, you, you know, for a lot of people, financial reasons, 
Uh, obviously, we, we do have, you know, some sports going on now. It's, it looks a lot different than, than we would hope, but it, it, we have them, um, and we're, we're thankful to have them. Um, but 2020 wasn't nearly, you know, selfishly, from a selfish standpoint, like 2020 really wasn't, like, all that bad for us. Uh, yeah. too. We found a way to make it work, and honestly, like, it's been maybe the best year of us for us uh, content-wise. And obviously, as you're mentioning or mentioned, uh, the sponsorship stuff that we've had happen and joining a new network. So 2020 has actually been very fruitful for us uh, for selfish reasons, but obviously we, we empathize and are sympathetic with everybody that's had their struggles. Um, it's just, you know, fortunately for us, that hasn't been the way. Yeah. And as from like a fan standpoint of your show, I remember, I don't know if you Smitty said it specifically, or if it was just on the around the 412 Twitter account, you guys mentioned like, oh, we there's no sports. We might not be having a show every week. And uh, I was just like, what do you mean? Like, you, this is where we find out the men from the boys. You know what I mean? But you guys came out heavy hitters. And that's what I think is awesome about what's happened. Well, you know what's funny is it was actually – I remember Herb texted me and yeah. said something about uh, you know, you know, wanting to, to like maybe go like on break and pause because there wasn't sports going on. Yeah. And he was actually the one that posted that. So okay. funny enough, like I'm always the one that's on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that, but he was the one that posted that. Um, obviously that didn't end up being the case. We found a way to make it work and kept pushing forward. Um, it definitely, I, I don't want to say it didn't come with its challenges because it definitely did. Absolutely. Um, but I, I'm happy that we found a way to, to make it work. And now, like I said, we did, we did get sports back. <laughs> Um, in a, a different type of capacity, uh, it looks a lot different, um, and it's going to for a while. But you know, just the fact that they're even here, uh, we're definitely thankful for because it's it's let us expand on what we were talking about. Just for a while there, while there was no sports, uh, you know, shout out to the guests that we had on because it would have gotten very interesting without those guys. Yeah. Also, right. I was gonna say. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say <laughs> during quarantine and just like this whole summer, basically. I mean, I don't know if it was like the the effort or luck or just good timing or whatever. We just went on a tear of like guest after guest after guest. Yeah. That, that we we never thought we'd even be talking to these guys, at least not right now. And it's I mean, it started with Joey Molinero from Barstool, and then uh, it ended up we were talking to freaking Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, we uh, if you t- if you told me at the beginning of this year I'm talking to Minka Fitzpatrick this year on our podcast, I think you're crazy. Yeah. But it's it's funny because now I'm just at the point where like, I'm trying to talk stuff into existence because that's, 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 you know, what happens. Like we can inspire ourselves by doing that. And somebody asked me like, you know, just, or somebody told me, I think it was, I was saying, you know, it's just become like so surreal to me to look back and, you know, I don't get like starstruck or anything like that. It's more so it's cooler for me after it happens, like to look back and say that we did that. Um, but somebody said to me, you know, you guys are making all these things happen. Just start saying you're going to interview somebody. Don't like ho- say that you're hoping to yeah. Just say that you're going to, and it's going to happen. So every, literally everything's on the table again. Like there's not a time where I'm not sitting there trying to think, okay, how can I get somebody else? Who's our next guest going to be? And all I'll say is there are a few things in the works. Yeah. So speaking of the starstruck aspect of it, um, I was surprised when I talked to Terry Grissetti, owner of Grissetti uh, Performance, that he wasn't very starstruck by the people that he was training. He trained with Lawrence Timmons. He trained with James Harrison. 
Malik Hooker, several NFL players. But he said, hey, that's my job. I can't waste time on being starstruck. Is that how you guys approach these interviews? Uh, I, honestly, I, I don't. I don't know what it is because, again, I surprise myself by not being starstruck. Yeah. Um, I, I've said this word a lot on here subconsciously. Maybe that's it. Maybe I know that I'm just trying to again not be like. I don't feel like I have to be like overly professional. Again, I want to be genuine. I want to show that I am a fan of these guys and show that fans can do this. But maybe subconsciously, I'm just trying not to be starstruck. Uh, again, because I, I really like never felt that way. And, and I, I, I think a lot of credit has to go to the people that we've had on as well um, for being so comfortable coming on and really mm -hmm. just making it feel like, you know, we're just having a conversation with them and it's not like an interview or anything like that. They're just coming on to talk to us as fans and talk to more of our fans that are, you know, involved in the YouTube chats and all the people that are going to be listening back. Yeah. I think a lot of what our show shows is like, these are, these guys are normal guys too. Like we talked about Brian Rust about playing video games. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's so in that way, that really takes the nerves out of it. Because I mean, I would say the most nervous I ever was was our first interview with Shane Boz, and really? it, it, yeah, and and I think it's just because it was the very first one. We had never done anything like that, and it's funny because he was, probably, I think he's like four years younger than us or whatever he is. Yeah. So we're talking yeah. to a kid that's younger than us, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, like nervous. Like my heart is like racing when I'm introducing him onto our show, but with Mika Fitzpatrick, I'm completely calm. I mean, I, actually funny for Mika Fitz, Fitzpatrick before we went live, my internet shut down and he joined the zoom room. So I had to go reset my, but I didn't know that I went to go reset my router and I came back and I just see Smitty and Minka in the, in the zoom room. And, <laughs> and I just like put my headset on and just start talking to him. Like, it, Oh it, my like completely God. normal. Like but nothing yeah. even happened. Yeah, exactly. As professional but, as they come. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. Cause I mean, I remember when I, specifically for Minka, cause I feel like, I mean, we've interviewed a lot of like big people, but like that was probably like the biggest deal. Like people made the most noise about that one. Uh, and I had, a, I got a text from someone like saying, are, are you going to like fanboy? And I'm like, not really. Cause like, I mean, for one, yes, I'm a huge fan of these guys, but you don't want to show off like you're like a fanboy of them. Cause you just want to show like, you're just one of them. Like yeah. make, make them the same, same as you. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I've never really felt starstruck, but it, it is pretty surreal. Like looking back and seeing that you've, I've talked to like all of these guys. Well, with yeah. Menka, uh, we're the only Pittsburgh podcast that he's been on. Hey. You got so, that. But yeah, like that. to your point, Beefy, I think it's just a Pittsburgh thing where like we see an athlete or somebody that's famous from Pittsburgh and we don't make a big deal out of it. We make sure they're they feel human, I think. Cause I remember the the one time that I was like starstruck by a Pittsburgh like sports figure was when I met Bill Cower in the airport. We were we were at the same okay. bar having a beer having a sandwich and I was just like this this guy is freaking Bill Cower <laughs> like what the hell yeah but I what I noticed was the people that were interacting with him the most at, the, at that airport bar they were just like hey that's Billy Cower from Crafton like I, that's how it was that's and I think that's what's special about Pittsburgh is that we just like yeah you might be making multi-millions but like you're one of us and, so always, and knowing from their side too, they appreciate that. Exactly. You know? And and it's that's why we even try to, 
incorporate some stuff because we know what the fans want to hear. You know, we, we want, we know that they want to hear them talk about sports and stuff like that. Yeah. Talk about, especially in like in Minka's case, yeah. um, talk about his first season in Pittsburgh, everything like that. But I feel like you have to incorporate some of those human elements talking about, Hey, what were you doing during quarantine? And like, yeah. what's your family like? What do they mean to you? All these other things. Talk about with Brian Rust, he was playing street hockey during quarantine and awesome. four games to <laughs> Zach Aston Reese was living with him. And, yeah. you know, all these other things that these guys do, you know, that isn't in their sport because they, that consumes most of their lives, you know, and they, they want to be known as Brian Rust, not Penguins player number 17. Yeah. Cause like I, I talk to my coworkers about stuff like this all the time, especially ones that have podcasts. And I'm like, listen, like Andrew McCutcheon on Sundays used to just walk across the Clemente bridge and go to work. And everybody just said, Hey, how's it going? Like mm-hmm. nobody berated him. He, it was just like a normal Sunday stroll over to, over to work. And I think that's the difference between other cities in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we can revisit this question whenever we interview Sidney Crosby and ask me the same thing. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> when we have to go to uh, Cool Harbor to do it. Oh, dude, that's an, okay. That's a good question. Do you guys, like after quarantine and everything, do you plan on doing in-person interviews? And if so... Do you think that's when you'll be starstruck? So I will say, I know for a fact, um, one that we could do in person, and it's a one that we've kind of we've done already. We keep we keep mentioning uh, Brian Rust. Uh, he did a show with a different podcast uh, at the Foundry in Pittsburgh for like a live event. Okay, and that would be awesome. You know, to actually like make a spectacle about it, maybe rent out an area and have like you know other people come and join us as well. Um, so that would be really cool. But yeah, our, our live events, as you mentioned, like with the uh, with the horse nickel stuff, yeah. uh, you know, like I had plans that I wanted to try to set up like a tailgate podcast before a Steeler game. Um, obviously, like the schedule wasn't too friendly with that. There's a lot of one o'clock games. The only primetime game that they had at home anyway was on Thanksgiving. But, you know, obviously COVID happened as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still like when, when this does pass and everything like that, the live events are something that are, again, really cool. You know, whether it be the horse nickel one or, or other things, just getting to interact with people in person, letting them into, you know, how everything happens, how we make the show, the show, um, yeah. kind of a, a behind the scenes look and just hang out with people that are, you know, the reason that we are or where we are. Yeah, I know uh, with the horse nickel stuff, there was two times that I can remember where we tried to get, individuals to come live the one was juju smith schuster yeah uh that one like we were all pretty like ah we should get juju here like he kind i think he replied to one of us or something and um the other one was pat mcafee because everybody knows pat's like at that time he's just a party animal like he'd come to the wing bash throw down some beers have a good time but obviously that didn't work but that that's something that i think could add to like your philanthropic uh endeavors is having those live events with these athletes at an event like that for the horse nickel foundation or even for rocking around the 412 that'd be awesome for sure yeah i mean as far as like ideas go i'm a sponge like it whether it follows through or it actually like happens you know that that might be a different case but we're willing to listen to any and all ideas that people get you know like just because it's our thing we understand like why we have, you know, why we built the platform that we do now is because of, you know, the people that are listening, the people that want to give us these ideas because they think that it's going to better the show. And we 
are always striving to get better. So again, that, that's, that's a very good idea and, and something that I would definitely love to make happen. I could definitely see happening. All right. Well, before we get out of here, I want to talk to Beefy for a second. Yeah. I found out recently that you're into high-end hockey cards and collecting. I am, before, yes. Before the show, you had showed me some graded cards that I think others might like to see. Would you like to share those with us? So, yeah, the, these aren't exactly hockey cards. These are baseball cards. Yeah, these um, are baseball, yeah. I, so I've been – preface this. I've been in collecting cards since I was a little kid. In my Easter basket, basket I didn't want candy. I wanted sports packs, like yeah. pack, packs of cards. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I mainly collect, uh, baseball and hockey. I don't, I never really got into football or basketball. Um, but yeah, so the ones I showed you before, uh, I mean, I've got some old Clemente cards. So this is a 19, 1960 or 1959. I love, I love these old cards cause they say Bob Clemente. Yeah. They all say <laughs> love Bob. That. that was 1959. I've got a 1961. Wow. Clemente. Um, and then this is a 62 and a 67. The glare is kind of Absolutely. ruining it. Yeah, but it is what it is. And then hey, actually, that's, just, actually, that's just even more proof to the fact that you guys are just fans. I got, I got, I got one more. Um, this is a Bill Mazeroski rookie card from 1950, oh, 1957. Oh shit! Yeah. But do you mind yes. me asking how much that ran you? Uh, this one, um, it was a couple hundred bucks. Just a couple hundred. I'll, yeah, I'll just say that it was a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> okay, I was expecting thousands because it's Mazeroski, but no. Whenever you're the worst Hall of Famer, uh, you don't. The you worst don't Hall of Famer. Oh my god. <laughs> what? No, he he like statistically is though. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. He, he got I mean, into the he's Hall. He's the only man to hit a walk off oh no, no, no. The World it was, it was, it was great it. it was great it was great uh i'm just saying he doesn't he doesn't cost as much as clemente let's just say that <laughs> but yeah i <laughs> mean I, awesome. I, I i collect all sorts of stuff i mean like you said i have high-end stuff i've got old stuff i mean one of my favorite cards i have it's it's not really i guess you can consider it high-end for the value of the card but at the time it's not i've got a city crosby young guns rookie card um oh, nice nice which is like uh, it's like a holy grail kind of for hockey cards. Is that an upper deck one? Yeah, upper deck. It's it's just their it's just their normal upper deck, I believe, series two. Okay. Um Sidney Crosby Young Guns. Yeah, because I like me, I go on pristine auctions every once in a while and I'll see a Sidney Crosby card, but then I'll look it up on eBay and it's not going for that much, so I don't buy it. Yeah. But. Um it, it, you there are Sidney Crosby cards that are like his from like oh five, oh six era that aren't worth a lot. But yeah. the Young Guns one is like the, it's like the one you want, yeah. which is it's one of my favorite ones that I have. And now Smitty, you collect like NFL jerseys basically. Like you have a ton. Of, we've seen pictures on Twitter. You have a ton of Steelers. I don't know if you have any, any more, but like, yeah. Let's talk about your collection. I am. Yeah, I'm a big, big, big jersey guy. Um, so there's certain teams I'll obviously avoid. I don't have any Patriots, Ravens, Browns, or Bengals jerseys. I just – I love the look of jerseys. And there's some that, like, I won't even, like, wear really. Like, I have a Khalil Mack Bears jersey, the orange one. I've worn it, like, once. I just love the look of it. <laughs> I have a Kyler Murray jersey I've, I've worn twice. 
I have a Saquon jersey, the Giants, like, alternate, the color rush, the white yeah. throwback, um, which I've worn, like, twice. Oh, my girlfriend would love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, she's not, she can't have it, but. <laughs> but, no, I have, I think I have, let me see here how many jerseys I have. Just Steeler ones, even. I, I have over 20, for sure. Wow. Um, you know how many Steelers you... jerseys I have? One. You have one? <laughs> I have one Steelers I, jersey. Yeah. I think I. What do I have? I I've have, had three. I've had three in my entire life. Oh wow. And I mo my I got the I got the most recent one last year, and I didn't have a jersey before that for the past like ten years. I have forty three jerseys in total. Oh wow. On my three racks. Jesus. Is that Eesh. like more than like more than NFL? Like you have. Oh like, yeah. NFL so I have. Uh, NHL, I only have Penguins, but I have seven. I have seven Penguin jerseys. Okay. I have two NBA jerseys. I have five MLB jerseys, three of which are Pirates. Then I have a Bo Bichette, uh, the Blue Jays, like there new one go, that yeah. they came out with this year. Uh, and then I have a Manny Machado Padres when they came back with the Brown. Uh, I wish I would have waited because I would have gotten Tatis. But oh, when yeah, the yeah, Padres yeah. first came back with the Brown, I love that color scheme so much. Like I was like, I had to get one of these jerseys. The brown, gold, um, white, yeah. And then I have uh, Terry McLaurin, Washington football team jersey. Um, <laughs> Jordan Whitehead, of course. I got the Bucks jersey. Uh, I have a D-Rob jersey. Alvin Kamara, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Saquon, Kyler, and then all my Steeler ones. Which, again, if you name a player, I, I probably have their jersey. So That's wild. Yeah, I think I have – thinking of my collection, just Steeler jerseys. I have Brett Kiesel. I have – Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt, and then I have a uh, Bumblebee, Marquise Pouncey. That's all I got. <laughs> I, what's funny is I said twenty. I have exactly twenty Steeler jerseys. <laughs> That's crazy. And then I have a Joe Hayden college jersey and Chase Young. College. Yeah, no, I saw that on Twitter. And I, I, told him, I was like, I need that. that. I think that's gonna be my new thing. Honestly, is like current Steelers college jerseys. That's probably gonna be like Minka's Alabama jersey. Probably yeah. be next. So, like, connecting that back to Beefy with the cards, myself, I started collecting Steelers rookies from, like, our defense right now. Um, and I want to do, like, I know, like, the college jersey ones, like, when they're in their college jerseys, the cards mm -hmm. aren't as valuable. But that's what I want to collect is, like, okay, this, like, Minka's from Alabama. I want him in an Alabama jersey. I want yeah. a Cam Hayward in an Ohio State jersey. So, that's, that's my collecting. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I want to try and make a plaque or something. That'd be pretty sick, especially if like if if they win the Super Bowl for for example, exactly, and get like a. <laughs> you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, no, uh, my my uh, Zoom like froze. That's why I stopped. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, it might be because it said we're running out of time again. <laughs> okay. Well, uh. If they won the Super Bowl and, like, you can make, like, a plaque of all the cards of the college teams that were on the team, that would be pretty sick. Yeah, like, my original thought was, like, oh, let's get all the guys that were first-rounders, get all their rookie cards. But, yeah, no, then it evolves into what you said. Like, if they win yeah. the Super Bowl, holy shit, this is worth a lot of money. I'll just have it hanging above my TV or something. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we draft, like, a BYU guy. That way you can get a BYU card. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming on uh, back to the Berg. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, 
I, I hope you guys had a good time. Did you? For sure. This is a lot of fun. This is a lot different. I mean, as, as uh, Beefy mentioned, I don't know if we were recording it at the time, but this is a lot different for us, you know, being on this side of it, um, being the ones that are more so answering the questions and everything like that. But, but this is really cool. felt like we were kind of just hanging out and having a discussion. Uh, appreciate you having us on. And uh, I think that you're, uh, you're doing great things with this. We've, uh, we've enjoyed watching you uh, do this and we look forward Thanks. to more. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had fun and this is literally like just sitting down and talking to like one of my friends and yeah. more so than just an interview. <laughs> so, I mean, and it is pretty cool that we're not just your friends on as a guest. You're having us as like podcast hosts on as, as guests, which is pretty neat to like think yeah. about, but yeah, I mean, this is awesome. You're doing great things and, uh, thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. All right. So before we stop, any get any uh, hints on who the next guest is? Uh, okay. So I'll say nothing set in stone. Uh, there's a oh, couple. Okay. There's a couple of flyers out that we've heard back um, from someone, and we're just waiting to see if they're for sure in. Uh, but it's right. an agent of a player. Uh, he's on the Penguins. How far should I go with the hints? That's it. That's it. Stop. No, give me the tea. Give me the fucking tea. <laughs> Listen, like he, he's won. He, so he wasn't part of both cups. He won one. He only won one of the cups. Okay. Yeah. Haglund. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, that. Yeah. Let everybody think about it. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, man. If you run a business, Bank of Clark County has you covered. Offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking, streamlined digital banking, and merchant payment processing that's a one-stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC.